Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside a Monday edition, the final episode of 2018. DA with you. Unfortunately for plenty of NFL coaches, today is a Black Monday. We have our Week 17 results in, so thus we have our NFL playoff schedule set. Let's begin in Boston, where the Patriots end up wrapping up a number two seed. Chiefs will be the one. Patriots will be the two. Tom Brady calls in to WEEI Weekly. And on Mutton Callahan, he discussed how this year, at this time of year, the Patriots, like everybody else, have a really small margin for error, even as easy as their win over the Jets looked in Week 17. Tom, you spread the football around really well yesterday in the finale against the Jets. Just how difficult does it make this uh, passing game when you're able to spread the ball around to three, four, five different kind of weapons going into the playoffs? Yeah, it makes you know a big difference. And I said after the game, you know, if if you know if they have to defend everybody and they have to defend everything, and if you know they don't have to defend certain things, then it just again makes everyone everyone else you know everyone else's job tougher. And um, you know, I thought the guys played really well yesterday. The line blocked great in the run game and the pass game. The communication was really solid. Um, it was just a great, you know, team effort. And anytime you play a division team the second time around, it's just tough. They know you so well. And, uh, you know, to, for the defense to play as well as they did, and, and they're playing so great, especially at home, uh, it's just a, a huge, you know, huge kind of, you know, reality check for where we're at. And if we do things well and you know, perform well on offense, play as well as we have been on defense. You know, the kicking game was great yesterday against another great unit. I mean, that's great complimentary football, and that's that's tough to beat us when we're playing like that. Tom, Philip Dorsett was kind of the forgotten man when, when Josh Gordon came along, and then obviously Josh not being there, but he stepped up again yesterday. How has his performance this season sort of earned your respect in your circle of trust? Yeah, so much, and he's done it really all season. I mean, whenever he's been called on, he's come in and made plays. He's got, whenever the ball's in his hands, he's dangerous. He's, you know, great running with the ball. He's, you know, really crisp route runner, um, you know, can play all the positions, and just so impressed with how he's handled everything this year. And, you know, I really love playing with Phil, and, you know, he's just, he's done a great job for us. You got the bye yesterday with the win over the Jets, and I and I know it's not something that in which you have to have a bye in order to get into a Super Bowl or to win a conference championship, but just how much easier does it make everybody's life collectively when you do have that bye and you do know that you only need one win in order to get back to a conference championship game? Well, it's I mean it's winning the in the playoffs is very difficult. So if you're able to basically win in the first round without playing 
I think it's it's a huge benefit, but at the same time, you know, you got to take advantage of it. And there's plenty of teams that have got to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, you know, playing in the first round of the playoffs, and it's really about how well you play. And it's really about, you know, this time of year, it's just figuring out a way to get the job done. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of good football teams playing right now. Um, you know, some teams have played better early in the year. Some teams have played better late in the year. And, you know, this time of year, it's you don't play a good game, and that's your season. And you're watching other teams move on. So the awareness is heightened. And the focus is heightened. The execution needs to be that way. And, uh, you know, we're, we have a big challenge. Whoever we play is going to be a great football team. We're, you know, we're not going to be able to afford anything less than our best. I think the interesting thing about the Patriots is not only do they know the margin for error is small, as Brady just alluded to, in January in the playoffs, but I think specifically for this AFC playoff field, the Patriots just aren't as dominant as they have been in recent years. And when you look at wildcard teams like the Chargers, like the Ravens, even the Texans and the Colts, all four of those teams could be potentially dangerous to either the Chiefs or the Patriots, depending on what type of effort you get out of them in the divisional round. So I think Patriots fans and certainly Brady and those inside that organization know this is not going to be a romp-type season through the AFC playoffs if the Patriots do end up going all the way to the Super Bowl again. In Philadelphia, they're wondering, does Nick Foles have the magic to get them back to yet another Super Bowl? An interesting turn of events on Sunday. Former Eagle assistant coach Matt Nagy takes over the Chicago Bears. The Bears end up wrapping up the division. Once they saw the scoreboard midway through the game that the Rams had a healthy lead over the San Francisco 49ers, there was nothing really to play for because the Bears could not advance and get the two seed and a bye. But they kept the starters in, and they end up knocking the Vikings out of the playoffs to set up Matt Nagy facing his former coach, Doug Peterson, in a Bears-Eagles matchup in Wild Card Weekend. Here was Doug Peterson on Angelo Cataldi's show on WIP in Philadelphia talking about watching his friend coach to help him get into the playoffs. It was such a crazy day. I just want to know what it was like for you. Yeah, I mean, there was a, definitely a lot of emotion uh, in, in, in yesterday. Um you know, and, and quite frankly, uh, I'm most proud of our football team for kind of staying in our moment, you know, and and focusing on what we needed to do and and making sure that we took care of that game yesterday because without that, you know, uh, the Bears Vikings game wouldn't have mattered. So, uh, but it was still it was still crazy. Um, you know, it was an exciting day for us, obviously, uh, to get the win. You know, to get to nine wins, and then uh, uh, ultimately to watch uh, watch the end of the Bears Vikings game in the locker room at the end. All right, you mentioned last week that you had a, a really good history with Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Bears. Did you thank him yet? I did. I thanked him last night, um, and and he and I he and I spoke last night. Um, you know, I congratulated him on a on obviously a, a fine season and well deserving season, and and the job he's done, you know, this year and. And then thanked him for the win, um, you know, and, and 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 he was excited as well, and he's looking forward to the opportunity as we are uh, next uh, next Sunday. Right, you have a good sense for what it means to our city to have the Eagles back in the playoffs this year. What does it mean to the players, and what does it mean to you? You know, I, I told him last week uh, in a team in a team meeting. Um, you know, and I made a I made a statement. Uh, 
only a few months ago back in back in February at the parade that uh, you know this is our new normal expect to be playing in the postseason expect to be playing in January and and the guys really really have believed that in the last you know they believed it all season but but really here when things uh, down down the stretch you know the light was on the postseason and we still had an opportunity um, and they started believing that <clears throat> so you know, it's an expectation. Uh, it's a mindset that, uh, you know, we prepare ourselves and, you know, we have goals that we set out in training camp and, and, uh, sure we didn't, you know, we, okay, we didn't win the NFC East and, you know, we didn't win all our home games and things like that, that we set out to do. But the bottom line is get yourself into the tournament, into the postseason, be one of six in the NFC, and it gives yourself an opportunity to keep playing. Hey Doug, uh, your very positive voice, win or lose. Did you have your doubts along the way that you'd be in the playoffs this year? There were times, you know, there were times when, when, you know, the injuries piled up and, and, uh, you know, we, we had a couple home games there where we slipped up, uh, you know, I believe the Minnesota and the, the Carolina game and, you know, and, and then of course the new Orleans game, um, you know, was a, was a, was kind of a turning point for us. And, and there were times when you, you, you kind of second guess and doubt and think, well, maybe this is not our year, uh, that, uh, you know, maybe we're just, uh, you know, as a team, we don't we don't have all our all our weapons out there, whatever, you know. Um, but sure, there's there's times like that. But you know, you stay the course, you, you trust the process, and and you rely on your players, and you just keep coming to work every day, and and uh, you know, hopefully, good things are going to happen, and you turn your season around, and we've been able to do that. Well, I got to tell you, a lot of these people are going to be celebrating New Year's. Uh... Uh, even happier because of what happened yesterday, Doug, and uh, you, you and your team should be really proud of what you guys accomplished. So this is really interesting. Did Matt Nagy keep the starters in, not pull his guys to help out as a favor his buddy Doug Peterson? And in doing so, did that kind of submarine yourself? Because wouldn't you rather face the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins as bad as Cousins looked yesterday instead of a hot Nick Foles and the defending Super Bowl champions that hypothetically know you and your coaching scheme as well as anybody could? Or was this about avoiding facing a divisional team for the third time in a season? All interesting subplots to this game and this matchup. Eagles and Bears, wild card weekend, and two coaches that know one another really well. On the other side of the state in Pittsburgh, there's no optimism. There's no hope because the season is over. For the Steelers, no playoffs, which is hard to believe considering where they were at the midway point of the season. And offensive lineman Al Villanueva had some insightful commentary about this season for the Steelers that Josh Taylor and Jim Colony discussed on 93.7 The Fan of the Morning Show. Talent is, you know, is not as important as, as, as you might think it is. I think that uh, playing as a team is something that has been very overlooked. Uh, in the NFL, um, and especially, I think, with our team. That's Alejandro Villanueva after last night's game. Talent is not as important as you think it is. Playing as a team is something that might be a little bit overlooked. I wonder what he was talking about. As you, you dissect that Alejandro Villanueva bite, Jim, he, he says talent maybe is looked at a little bit more than it should be, and playing as a team maybe gets overlooked. And you you look you hear something like that, and you start to try to break that into pieces. Is well, what's he what's he talking about, and who does he mean specifically as far as not playing as a team? Well, the the linemen are together. We know that, yes, because um, they have to be. 
Uh, I'd say both lines, both defensive and offensive yeah. lines, units work together cohesively. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would think so. Uh, there was some improvement on defense, but yes. then, you know, yesterday, w- what else are they supposed to do against that team? Uh, and the lineup that they, you know, wasn't Andy Dalton. There was no A.J. Green. No. No Tyler Boyd. No Tyler Eifert, and despite fa- some reports to the contrary. And in fairness, they held that offense to nine points. Yeah. I mean, so they did, you know, the the, the defense. They did a job. The, the defense did. And then they finished out the game yesterday. Yes. Finally. I, I kept looking for a flag, quite honestly, on those last two plays, figuring if it was in New Orleans, there would have been one. Uh, but anyway, um, th- there's there, there's a lot of underachieving. When you talk about individuals, then I guess you have to go to the, the skill positions. And, you know, is there too much Juju being Juju and AB being AB? Um, you know, certainly I don't think Connor fits that profile. Um, so I, it's, it's just – and that, again, it brings you back up to the top. And does Mike Tomlin run too loose of a ship? And although I, I don't think – but I, I want to discount some of the stuff that James Harrison says. Yes, yeah, so just do cause, I. Just because of how it ended. I didn't play for the guy. I wasn't anybody's teammate. I wasn't in that. I mean, I'm in that locker room, but what, for like an hour a week? Like, you know, On average. A couple yeah, times. Probably me so, too. So we're not really, people say, oh, you're in the locker room. Well, no, I'm not. I mean, I am, but I'm not. We, we're, we're travelers passing through. Yeah. And, and it's not, we're, we're not in the locker room. Like we, it, don't, we don't have lockers there. We're not like running it, out of space. It, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you, you know, I get to hide away when they, when they tell us to get out of there and kind of like yeah. get one of those, you know, or one of those lockers in the corner. Just kind of hide in there to, to hear what it's really like. I, I don't know. Um, and and so I, I maybe there's more to that stuff than, than 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 we may think on the surface. But there's clearly something, and maybe they're just not that good. There's always that possibility. There's always that possibility. And, and you definitely want to. You never want to assume or, that maybe on the offensive side, but the defensive side, you probably or, open that conversation. Or at least they need to be told that they're not that good, or maybe realize that they're not that good. Or maybe um, they need to and, remind, and, remind themselves that they're not that good. Yeah, and and for all his, you know, this this stuff about Heinz Ward that used to drive me crazy with this, no one ever gave me a chance. Heinz, you were a third round pick. You got a chance, um, and people thought that you had a chance. But he always motivated himself mm-hmm. by by, and I don't know if he thought. You know, he he never it, it, to me anyway. It, it was like he never thought he was good enough. He always wanted to be better. And maybe a there lot were some of guys, guys on that team had that chip on that shoulder mentality. Most of the defense had that well, same mentality. Harrison has that. Um, you know, and and maybe you have to be. You know, Connor's got that because you date back to you know wasn't highly recruited out of high school. So yeah. I, I guess guys can always go back. And even A B. I mean, A B was a six round pick, and pick. he wasn't. He went to Eastern Michigan out of Miami. Uh, you know, so I, I guess all these guys at some point you would think that they'd have that motivation, and yet, you know, guys on I know that the other you know the other guys are on scholarship they get paid too, uh, but it's it's just it is frustrating for Steeler fans to be told and can look what they have in terms of talent and then not being able to you know not being able to to win. Look, it's obvious they're talking about Le'Veon Bell, and the Bell thing hung over this team from day one. In training camp, it was, when will Le'Veon Bell report? During the preseason, it was, well, we'll get him back after Labor Day. Once that didn't happen, it was, he'll come back in the first month of the season. Once that didn't happen, it was, he'll report before the trade deadline. Once that didn't happen, it was, will he come back by week 10? And then, of course, he never came back. And the Steelers never really shook that, I think. Even though James Conner was very effective and Conner filled in admirably, I think the entire tenor of the season was kind of sunk early. And granted, the Steelers had a good first half of the season, 
and seem to be rolling right along at 7-3-1. and But ultimately, individualism not only probably seeped in from Le'Veon Bell, but also some other players as well. Did you ever think you'd see the day where after just four years on the job, Michigan Wolverines fans already want him out? That Harbaugh wouldn't be the guy that leaves them, that maybe they would leave him after a thrashing of the hands of Florida in their bowl game? Plenty of critics are wondering, is Jim Harbaugh's arrogance hurting the Michigan football program? Here's the guys at 97 who won the ticket in Detroit debating exactly that. I'm just sick of it. I'm just sick of this 1980s philosophy. What is this? It's not that you don't have people. You've recruited really good players. I don't know. Nico Collins looks like he's a pretty damn good receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones looks like he's pretty damn good. Tariq Black says he's healthy. And the three of them on the field, it can be like triplets. They were on the field together two times, I believe, on Saturday. What the hell's the matter? It's time. I've said it over and over again till I'm blue in the face with maybe some maize bleeding down my maize and my blue face. Modernize your freaking offense. You're killing your program. I don't want them fired. I want I do. For one reason, for once, just have somebody tell him, look, Jim, this is 2018. It's going to be 2019. You have to do something. Nobody's going to want to come here anymore. If you're a great wide receiver from high school and Michigan's recruiting you and you look at the way they play, why would you want to go there? Tony, it's really easy, You're not going to be used. Just say what you mean. The arrogance of Jim Harbaugh is killing this team. The stubbornness, you can use whatever you want. No, it's arrogance. Whatever, whatever. Jim Harbaugh is a Michigan guy. He's stubborn. And Jim Harbaugh doesn't only want to win, he wants to win his way. It's stubborn. And Don Brown is just as arrogant. They deserve each other. They only want to win their way. Don Brown didn't change up the defense. He wants to put guys on the island. He gets exposed by fantastic quarterbacks or even good quarterbacks. Whenever a team has speed, they get crushed. And then you get Jimmy Harbaugh, who has three guys, Stoney, three guys that you mentioned, D-Pay-G, D-P-J, <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones, Tariq Black, and, of course, Nico Collins. They were on the field together twice, right? Twice, right. Throughout I, the entire game. That's what I said. They it's it's a joke. Bushel Beatty. They're missing Karan Higdon. And let's just continue to run the ball up the middle to no avail. Jim Harbaugh will not change. That's why he's killing this program, and he needs to be gone. So please, Jim, if you're listening, you're probably not. Go. Go to the NFL. Get the hell out of here. Modernize your freaking offense. Modernize your freaking offense. You're killing your program. I could just imagine that being on some type of big banner flown over Ann Arbor as, once again, the offense looks like it's built in 1975. You know, Harbaugh is brilliant at creating attention for himself, at going viral. I think he's modernized the program in a branding standpoint, whether it's Nike and Jordan and Jumpman logos, whether it's fooling around to the Vatican and trips across seas, whether it's hanging out with recruits in their treehouse or sleeping on their couch. Harbaugh gets attention, but Harbaugh, while all the modernization comes from the attention standpoint, Seems like none of it comes from an offensive standpoint. And I did not think I'd see the day where the beloved prodigal son came back to Ann Arbor 
and Wolverines fans wanted him out, but that's certainly the case right now. Modernize your freaking offense! We talked about the Eagles' side of the Bears' equation. How about the Bears' side? What an amazing season for Matt Nagy and Chicago. They trade for Khalil Mack. Mitchell Trubisky kind of grows up a little bit. Nagy seems to be the perfect fit for the Bears, and they end up winning the NFC North. And look, you got to give them a shot to get all the way to Atlanta and the Super Bowl with that defense and that well-rounded team and how well-coached they are. Former Bears head coach Dave Wanstad joined 670 the score and weighed in on this wild-card matchup against the Eagles and the defending Super Bowl champs. The Bears have looked really good all season long, and they closed it out. Were you surprised at all? that Matt Nagy decided to play everyone and to go for it? Did that, uh, did that surprise you in any way? Well, y- you know what? It, it did, but it didn't. And, and here, here was my thinking. You know, I, I really felt like you can't – I know this for a fact. I mean, I've lived it. You can't win in the NFL going into a game emotionally not all in, physically not all in, and so if, if they were going to that game and, and Matt Nagy had let his team know or there was a feeling that, hey, guys, we'll see how things are at halftime or we'll see how things are in the third quarter and then we'll adjust, boy, all of a sudden the players, that little bit of putting your guard down, mentally you know, losing that edge, you're not going to be as effective. So, you know, I, as I repeating myself, I mean, you either had to be all in, in my opinion, or 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 don't do it, arrest the guys. And he made the commitment that he was going to be all in. That's what he sold to his players, his staff. So it it was a heck of a win. I mean, you, I'm going to give the Bears credit. I mean, they they played really good. I thought, obviously. And, boy, you know, between the Steelers and the Vikings, they are definitely my two most underachieving teams in the National Football League this year. So, Dave, heading into Sunday's game, which would you rather have from a coaching perspective, the Eagles' experience or the Bears' momentum? Uh, Oh, I would definitely rather have the Bears' momentum playing at home. Uh, You know, Nick Foles, I mean, you know, God, I remember Nick Foles when he came out of college, I mean, is as much success as the guy had, and I'm a. You got to be a fan of his. I mean, you got you win a Super Bowl. Let's let's be honest about it. But he's kind of a streaky guy, you know. And you know, I, I don't know. I don't think he's a full time starter, you know. So he was pulling magic. Hey, the last couple of weeks when he's played, they've been scoring thirty points a game more than they they've scored in a long time this year. Uh, so they have responded. Now he's hurt. You know, I mean, the Suffield kid who played at Indiana down the road in the Big Ten, I mean, is he going to be the guy? You know, Wentz has got the bad – I mean, uh, this is – I think it's a – as long as the Bears keep their keep their stinger up and keep their edge, I think they're they're sitting in a great position this week playing this Eagles team to, uh, to, to you know, to, to take the next step. Well, Wanstead calling Nick Foles a streaky guy might be the understatement of the year. Kind of a – Streaky guy. Yeah, he's streaky, but when he's good streaky, he's ridiculous streaky and ridiculously good like we saw in the playoffs last year to the Super Bowl and now what he's doing again. He's got bruised ribs, but reports are on Monday afternoon that he will start against the Bears in the playoff game. Careful what you wish for, Chicago. I wouldn't want to play Nick Foles in this playoff game. I don't care banged ribs and all. He's one of the craziest stories in recent NFL history that when he goes out there, all he can do 
is win, win, and win some more. And the streakiness seems to be the best asset about him this time of year. And finally, in Miami, a bizarre turn of events where after getting hammered in the pinstripe bowl by Wisconsin, you have the AD of the Hurricanes publicly scolding a 7-6 and six season for Mark Richt and the Hurricanes. Mark Richt turns around and on Sunday, in the midst of all of this crazy NFL stuff, resigns and retires. Now, this is a guy that survived 15 years at Georgia in the SEC and... Did the heat get too hot in Miami after just year three? Here was the new head coach of the Miami Hurricanes, Manny Diaz, who had taken the Temple job just a little over two weeks ago, and now he comes back to be the head coach for Miami. He joined the Joe Rose Show on WQIM. I think when everybody woke up yesterday morning, um, no one could have predicted um, they don't write scripts for these things. If they did, they would get thrown in the trash because nobody would believe it. Um, but once the, the chain of events got set in motion, it just it just all started happening. And uh, and it, it's just it's something where you wake up again a day later and you're like, did that did that really happen? Yet you, you almost had to, uh, to, to to turn on the computer or check the internet to make sure that it was real. Manny, when did you find out about Mark Rick had decided, I, I guess, I, I don't happen to think this is about conspiracies or anything else, decided to retire? When did you find out? I don't remember the exact time, but it was sometime midday yesterday. He called you himself? Did you guys talk? Have you had a chance to talk since he decided to, to walk away? No, I, I have not. Um, and I, I heard that actually uh, from my wife. Manny, walk us through yesterday with you then. Wait a second, you heard it from your wife? She heard it, what, on the radio, or where did that come from? No, just, just the, there's a, you know, because the, the, the coaches' wives were all informed, it just says that the, the team was all informed. Okay, so, so okay. I, was, I, I, was, I was out of pocket at that moment. So, 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 so uh, walk us through yesterday, then. How did the, the, everything unfold from your end? Really, just not, you know, not getting to the details of just of minutes and hours, but, but there, was, uh, there was contact then from... Um, you know, at some point, uh, from from Blake James and and um, and we had a quick conversation, and everybody understood the you know the, the delicate situation because of you know of the Temple job and you know the awkwardness of that and, and, and the idea of wanting to do things the right way. So that if, the, if something was going to have to happen, it was going to have to happen quickly, just to be fair. Um, and so um, so I think I think the wheels were, were set in motion from there. And, and again, only speaking from my side, but uh, but as as sort of it went into the evening time, we, we we started trying to come to an agreement on on you know on on putting a deal together. So it, it, it again once it once it kind of got rolling, it, it sort of uh, went on from there. Let, let, let me ask you a couple couple more things, man, about this. And I'm just curious. It's been a couple weeks. Temple thing. The wife didn't buy a house or anything in Philadelphia, did she? I, I've been thinking, but you didn't like rent a place yet, right? Are Are you good? Yeah, I, 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 well, yeah, I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I just wanted to make sure you didn't put the kids in school up there already, and and the wife's going, "We're what? We're staying in Miami now? Wow, Manny, I got to tell you, man, it's it's uh it's been unbelievable. Did you leave? Uh, did you leave since the game? Did you stay? There were reports that. You've been on campus or were on campus and never left. Is that the case? Uh, I don't know about those reports, but, no, I, I, I came back with the team. Um, we, we came back Friday, so whatever day today is. So, so I've, been, I've, I've been here um, 
through the through the weekend and was basically putting my staff together at Temple from here. So, how uncomfortable of a phone call was that for you to make to Temple? It, it was uncomfortable, and it and it's something that still I don't feel right about. Um, I think it's I think it's it's an issue we have with our with our calendar. You know where where these jobs these jobs change hands right in the middle of the recruiting cycle, um, and they have to be filled um, because this is something that you know. For, for them to reach out to me and give me my first opportunity to be a head coach, um, you can't you can't repay someone for that. And the way you want to repay them is you want to do a great job. And you know this is really the only. I mean, what a series of events that that could have caused this to happen. This is basically the only thing. And who could have, like we mentioned at the beginning of the call, who could have woken up yesterday and predicted that those exact things were going to happen? Right. Because that was really the only series of events that uh, that could turn it this way. There, there's you know. The, the players at Temple, you know, that I, I feel for them because, you know, they, you know, it's it, it, it's wrong that they've, they, they've had to go through this, but, uh, but it just, you know, I guess this is the University of Miami and this is, just, this is just the one way that this could have happened. And, uh, you know, and, and like I said, I just, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a part of the calendar that we have that, that, that unfortunately makes things like this a possibility. I love that question. Hey, Manny, did you buy a house in Philly? Because you've only been there for like two weeks, and he kind of didn't answer it, right? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, yeah, I think we're okay. <laughs> also, I'm glad that Manny Diaz admitted that it was uncomfortable to tell Temple that he was not going to take that job anymore, that he was taking the Miami job or was interested in the Miami job. I mean, look, the Owls get paid the buyout by Miami, but this really stinks for them. They thought they had their guy, and he's been already recruiting and getting ready over the last two weeks. And now the whole rug is pulled out from under them, and he's going back to Miami. If I'm Manny Diaz, I'm very careful about an opportunity like this so that I don't screw my reputation down the road if I need help again somewhere, if I get fired or I need a promotion or whatever. I'm just looking out for myself. So screwing over Temple here is not usually a smart move. But look, it's his dream job. He's got Miami roots. His dad was the mayor of Miami. He also obviously loves that programming. Look, winning at Miami is easier than winning at Temple. So I get it from a career standpoint. But, Manny, I, I do hope that you rented and not bought over the last two weeks of the year. That's the best of your sports talk for New Year's Eve 2018, Monday, December the 31st. We will see you on Wednesday, January 2nd, for the next episode of Around the Dial. See you then, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.